0: Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by wordpress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite.
1: Investor's Edge with Gary Kultbom. Straight talk about you and your money. Now from the BizTalk studios, here is Gary Kultbom.
2: And welcome once again to Investor's Edge. I'm Adam Sarhan, in for Gary Kay, who's out today. Today is Wednesday, February 14th. Happy Valentine's Day to everybody. We have a great show for you, as always, and we want to thank you very much for being here. Before we dive into the show, as you know, this is a show about you and your money. All of the fun, interesting, and not so fun points in between. The idea here is to uh, help keep you focused on what moves the needle. And just as a quick reminder, if you don't get this show in your city, you can go to garyk.com. You can listen live or archive. We are live Monday through Friday, 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern. Also at garyk.com, you can follow Gary on X or on Twitter by just clicking on the big button. You can also subscribe to Gary's Morning Notes sent to your inbox each and every day for free at no charge. And you also can email Gary, ask about his money management services, or join his premium uh, stock market newsletter, which is convictionleaders.com. I read it every day. It's a great report. He goes into this great detail about and basically shows you what he sees in real time just about every day. He gives daily uh, market webcasts where he shows you charts, he annotates the charts and goes uh, a lot deeper than most people do. And he does a great job of, of keeping people aligned with uh, what's actually happening in the market. He does a good job of showing what's happening and also the why behind what's happening. So really the the emphasis on what because what matters more than the why which I'll talk about today also so uh, a few thoughts about today in in the market is first off it's important to understand after a big move down like we saw yesterday on Tuesday that you get some stable stability shows up or stabilizing in the market it doesn't have to be you could get a huge sell off and you could be down you know, a lot more selling can come, but when you, you put the pieces of the puzzle together, it's really important to understand probabilities and understand possibilities. What I've learned after doing this for decades now, since the 90s, is that just about anything is possible in the market. Our job is to fo- isolate and focus on what's probable. And then out of, out of all those probabilities, find the highest probability events and then focus on those. Because when you do that, you kind of get into a certain rhythm with the market. You get in sync with the market. You get into the state of flow. Whatever word you want to use to explain it, I don't know. And I'm not going to even attempt to go there because it's way you know out of my area of expertise when it comes to all that energy and, and all that stuff. The frequency and blah, blah blah it's just all i, I can tell you the, the experience of it and it, it's really interesting on multiple levels that you start seeing certain patterns repeat themselves over and over and over again why because it's human nature on display so gary has a great line he goes when you look at the market you look at charts and you look at and you study it so much these patterns He says it's kind of like looking through a familiar, you know, a photo album, and you start seeing some familiar faces. And he's so right. So coming into this week, the market was very extended. And by extended, I'll talk about that too, because that's important to understand what it means. It's due for a pullback. Think of a traffic light. When you drive, after every green light, you get what? You get a red light. And after every red light, you get a green light. Well, in the market, green lights are big moves up and red lights are big moves down. That's it. So the probability of a correction or a pullback increases significantly after you have a big move up. It's just the way the market works. It's another, you know, Ray Dalio, the biggest hedge fund manager uh, alive today has a book called Principles. It's a great book. I'm not affiliated with any way, shape, or form. It's just a great book. And in it, he talks about studying history and the importance of recognizing these patterns, and he calls it another one of those, meaning we've seen this before. It's another one of those. So when markets get very extended on the way up, all right, due for a pullback. We just had the longest win streak in 52 years. We're up 14 in the last 15 weeks. That's a lot. At some point the market's going to pull back. We don't know when, but we know the probability of it happening is extremely high with every week that goes by, so that's one. Now let's talk about the what. So right now we're in pullback mode, let's put it that way. If this gets, you know, if the buyers show up and yesterday pullback becomes a blip on the radar, meaning we hit new highs by Friday, then wow, just wow. That illustrates how strong the bulls are. I guess, I don't know for sure, nobody knows what's going to happen in the market with 100% expertise, but I wouldn't be surprised at all to see some consolidation, some backing and filling, some just, you know, digestion, whatever word you want to use to describe a pullback at some point in the near future, if not right now. So, or near, you know, the next week or so, two weeks, three weeks, as we go into the second half of February. Doesn't have to happen, but probability, you know, odds are, we're gonna pull back, we just had a big run. Doesn't have to happen, but again, probability. So when you understand that, and you come into it with that type of a mindset, you're not caught off guard when those pullbacks happen, because you expect them to happen. Like Dalio says, it's another one of those. Gary talks about it. Familiar faces. We've seen this before. So that's one. Second big point that I want to share with you. The what versus the why. And you know me, when I I filled in for Gary several times, and I like to go 30,000 view foot and speak about timeless lessons that you can apply the market and gary does a great job of the day in day out with you know telling you what's what's happening in the market for me is i want to go and give you timeless stuff that you can use because i'm not on here often he's on here often so he can do that i don't have that luxury with this show so i try to go as wide as possible and give you some nuggets that can help you with during you know on your investment journey and, and trading journey to help you become better and more informed you know make better decisions so on and so forth so that's why i do this where i go wider on purpose because it's meant I'm not here often, and when I am, I'd like to share some timeless lessons I've learned to help you. So, the what versus the why. When I first began, and a lot of rookies are, or even beginners or moderates or intermediate term traders are, that are not as advanced, on my journey, I evolved, as most people evolve in life. You know, who's smarter, you today or you 20 years ago? Hopefully you today. Who's going to be smarter, you 20 years from now or you today? Hopefully in the future. So, you know, as we continue to evolve and get smarter and smarter, I learned the why is initially the why to me mattered. I can't believe this. Why is that happening? Why? I just had almost like a stubborn, I don't even know how to explain it. I just had this, I just need to know why. (laughs) (laughs) Why are we up? Why are we down? Why, 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 why? Read the news, read the news, read it. And when I realized, and I now start sometimes, you know, writing these articles, I'm a contributor at Forbes and I, you know, Zero Hedge picks, picks up my stuff on Zero Hedge and so on and so forth. And I realized, I'm like, wow, it's the what that matters. Why? Because here's the word why. What shows up on your statement? The price the difference between where you enter and where the last price is or where you exit, that determines whether or not you make money or lose money. Not the why. Not because it was inflation or, you know, the jobs report or the earnings report or what only thing that shows up on your statement, to my knowledge, on any statement, any brokerage statement I've ever seen and I've been in the business since the 90s, it's price. And that's why it's so important to focus on the what. What actually is happening? Now, there's a million reasons why. There's one reason why. There's zero reasons why. It doesn't matter. The what is what matters. Now, sure, do you? Adam, is it you know affirmative statement? The why doesn't matter? Eh, sure, you want to pay attention to the why and intellectually understand it. And sure, go for it. Scratch that itch. No problem. But the what matters more than the why. Let me word it that way. It's probably a better way of wording it. What actually happens in the market? That matters because that shows up on your statement and that determines whether or not you make money or lose money, whether you win or lose business. So let's talk about. The what price. That shows up now. Yesterday we had the CPI data. Gary did a great job covering it for you. The inflation report was higher than expected. The expectation in the market. I'm going to talk about that, too versus what actually happens. It was an expectation breaker. If you look at the inflation report by itself, sure, it was a little bit higher than expected, but it wasn't anything crazy to the point where you have such a big reaction. But what changed? The change was the Fed coming into this, this big rally we've had for the last 15 weeks now or 16 weeks is because the expectation was the market was expecting the Fed to slash rates in 2024. I had my reservations, I didn't think that was going to happen, but the markets and paying matters, not mine. Okay, great. So the market was expecting multiple aggressive rate cuts this year just the Fed to slash rates. Well, guess what? That's not happening. So instead, you get the expectation breaker and the Fed told us last time, hey, we're not going to cut in March now, maybe not in May, go out to June. So that's the big change. Up next, we're going to talk a lot more. We've got some more timeless lessons, some uh, selector stocks, and a whole lot more. I'm Adam the and This is the one and only Investor's Edge.
3: Hi, I'm Gary Kahlbaum, host of the nationally syndicated radio show, Investor's Edge. We're not just handsome radio people. We manage investors' money for a living, specializing in fee-based discretionary money management. No big commissions, just a fee on the assets that's managed. We also provide a full range of personalized services, including retirement planning, fixed income, and educational needs, all to assist you in achieving your financial goals. Understanding not all individuals have the same needs, we'll carefully evaluate your personal goals to determine a proper investment strategy. If your current approach to investing is not getting you to where you would like to be, call us to make an appointment for a complimentary portfolio review. The number to call is 888-422-5559. That's 888-422-5559. That's 888-422-5559. Investment advisory services offered through Call Bomb Capital Management.
1: It's time to switch on the integrator units and get the brain cells working. You're listening to. Hey, this promises to be fun. Investor's Edge. The last bastion of quality programming. With Gary Coldbaum. It doesn't get better than this.
2: And welcome once again to Investor's Edge. In case you're just joining us from missed any part of the show, I'm Adam Sarhan filling in for Gary Kay today. You can go on garykay.com. You can listen to the show 24 7 on any device you want for free. And you can pause, rewind, fast forward anytime you want any device. All right, so next, like Gary says, next, we've got what? We've got recap of what we spoke about so far. What matters more in this business than the why? After green lights, you get red lights. So after a big move up, you get a declines, big move up with the green lights, the declines, pullbacks are normal, they happen. Those are the red lights. And then after the red light, you get another green light. And just typically how it works, especially in uptrends. So, okay. And then, I mean, that's more or less the foundation. And then we build on it and talk about what's actually happening. And let's talk about, we talk about some probabilities and how to think in probability. That's really, really important as well, because anything theoretically can happen. But we want to find the highest probability events and then align ourselves with that. Let's talk about something that I like a lot, which is uh, the. we also spoke about, sorry, one more thing, the expectations. And inflation was an expectation breaker. The Fed's the market's expecting the Fed to cut rates aggressively. Yesterday's inflation report pretty much said they're not going to do that. They'll cut rates, maybe, sure. But not as aggressive as the market expected, hence the big sell-off. We were very extended, folks. Simple, that, the what is what matters. Coming into this, in my weekend report on Findleadingstocks.com, I shared with everybody, I said, hey, listen, we're up 14 last 15 weeks. It's the strongest win streak in 52 years. The market's so extended above its 50, day moving average, it's just a probability game until a matter of when we pull back, not if. And then lo and behold, so what ends up happening when you get talk about that evolution now from the trading standpoint when you begin trading and investing you know everybody comes into the business thinking they can beat the market otherwise why would you do it right but statistics show us that most people can't beat the market ask yourself why when I had this discovery it took me almost actually over a decade to figure this out it was the light bulb proverbial light bulb went off the you know it clicked, if you will. The human mind, and I'm not going to go deep into the recesses of the mind to talk about things like, you know, ego, shadow, all this kind of stuff. I'll just keep it real simple. The human mind is programmed to survive, not to thrive. I'll say it again. The human mind is programmed to survive, not to thrive. Meaning... You have the conscious mind, the unconscious mind, or the subconscious, however you want to word it. And you know, you've got, I know I should be doing X. Let's use sit ups because we can, most of everybody can relate to that. I know Adam, myself, I can speak for myself. I want to do more sit ups. Well, okay, how many sit ups have I done today? Zero. How many did I do yesterday? Zero. How many am I likely to do tomorrow? Hopefully more than one, but zero. So, how am I possibly? In my heart of hearts, I know I want to do them, but what action or actions am I taking to actually do those sit-ups? For right now, the answer is zero. I can be honest with everybody. Sure. So how do I possibly expect to accomplish my goals, if my goal is to get a flatter stomach, if I'm not doing the work? I'm not doing those sit-ups. Mental sit-ups, physical sit-ups, it's just an analogy or a metaphor. Use it any way you want. Go any direction you want. Pause. Now find another person and that person has a six-pack. Well, how many sit-ups do you think they did? Exercise. Hours at the gym. Doing the reps. Sweating. Doing the plank. Other exercises to strengthen the core, not just sit-ups. A lot more than me. Well, look at my core, or my midsection, and look at theirs. Same thing with success in just about any endeavor. Tiger Woods had an example one day. Somebody He shot a shot and someone was like, I wish I was as good as you. And he walks over and he's like, show me your hands. And the guy shows him his hands and he says, look at my hands. Tiger's like, I wake up every day at 4 a.m. I swing that golf club until my hands bleed. What do you do, sir? And the other guy was just sitting there and his hands were all soft and doesn't do all that. It's like, if you want it, do this mental setup, Do the reps. Hey, swing that club. Whatever way you want to do it, explain it. It's the same thing when it comes to the markets and investing. So... When you're there's that disconnect in the brain, most people are in that scarcity mindset. Oh, fear and greed, we know this, drive markets. So those are the two primary emotions that drive behavior in, on, in this business. Okay, great. Most people are just crippled by fear. Warren Buffett has a great line. He goes, you should be fearful when others are greedy and greedy when others are fearful. And I'll tell you what that means in a second. But fear, FOMO, fear of missing out. Fear I'm going to lose money. Fear, 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 fear. Which I'll talk about for a few minutes here. It's important to unpack this. And ask yourself, hey, does this relate to me? Have I experienced this before? What are the solutions? The idea is identify it and then find solutions, right? So what does it mean when Buffett tells us, who's arguably the greatest investor of today, if not ever, has... Has this great line, "Be fearful when others are greedy, greedy when others are fearful." Okay, great. You buy let's just illustrate the point. I'm one of those guys that are like, very straightforward, very simple. Okay, you buy a stock at 100, and it goes to 101. People, most people, are fearful they're going to lose their profits. They sell it. Okay, you buy it at 10, it goes to 11. All right, you're up 10 percent, 10 to 11, right? Okay, I'm fearful. I'm going to lose my profit. I'm going to sell it. And then it goes on doubles and triples and quadruples. So instead of being fearful and selling it prematurely, there's the point where he said be gradient, hold it. Because let your winners run. Conversely, you buy it at 10, it goes to nine. Most people are hoping it's going to get back to 10, praying to God, please get back to 10, please get back to 10. I'll sell it once it gets back to even. Instead, it goes to five or it goes to zero. Again, I'm exaggerating just to illustrate the point. There, he says, be fearful when others are greedy. Instead of being greedy, hoping it's going to get back to even, be fearful that the losses will get much bigger and sell. More or less, I'm oversimplifying it, but that, again, I just want to illustrate the point and move forward. Okay, so understand how fear impacts your decisions. How does greed impact your decisions? Powerful questions when you think about them. Very powerful. So, okay, can you pause, can you make rational, not emotional decisions with your money? I have a book, that's called Psychological Analysis. It's my contribution to Wall Street, right? My whole idea is that fundamental technical analysis alone are not enough to beat the market. If they were, everybody have a few islands in the Caribbean. Okay, so psychological analysis, basically upgrade the user in one sentence. Okay, learn how to make rational, not emotional decisions. How to reprogram your mind from a survival mode fight, flight, you know, fear, bop, 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 caveman, the, the uh, you know, the staggered-toothed tigers coming after you type of a thing opposed to, no, listen, I can thrive. Reprogram the mind and thrive. It's all I've been doing with my life and my mind for the last, you know, several decades and looking at the market and just asking myself, how do I make smarter decisions? What can I learn from my mistakes? So on and so forth. So when you reprogram your mind, that fear-greed situation changes you find those probabilities of those strongest stocks, the leading stocks, right? In history, the true market leaders, whatever you wanna call it, monster stocks. Success leaves clues. Find those characteristics and look for the next winners today. Up next, we've got a lot more to cover. I'm Adam Sarhan and this is the one and only Investors Edge.
1: To.
3: America is talking.
1: Investor's Edge. He's got to be pleased with that. The crowd is just on his feet here. He's a senior a boy. With Gary Comes highly recommended. You're going to feel better if you talk to him.
2: And welcome once again to Investor's Edge. In case you're just joining us, I'm Adam Sarhan. And for Gary K., who's out today, and we covered a lot. So we're talking about the mind. If you, want, you missed any part of the show, you can go to GaryK.com and listen for free 24-7 on any device you want. Pause it, fast forward, rewind it. Feel free to, uh, to listen and, and on any device you want. So, we spoke about the mind, but we left off. And fear, greed, and the mind is programmed to survive, not to thrive. Successful people are the ones that are able to reprogram their mind, so to speak, and do the work, do those sit-ups that most other people don't want to do, in any endeavor, right? Could be physically, could be the guy who goes to the gym and works out and Adam's not going to the gym, therefore the guy who goes to the gyms and get better results, sure. Just because the guy goes to the gym doesn't mean he's gonna have better results than other guys that go to the gym, but at least you'll have better results most likely than the guy who doesn't go to the gym. So same thing with the market, same thing with the analysis, same thing with the homework, right? So. In it like there's lots of ways to go here so when you ask yourself first off my, what here's let me talk about myself myself because that's easier for me to do my progression and share with you my story so as i learned how to invest and in trade my, very early on i knew i didn't don't know and that became my biggest strength because i had one job and that's to learn so i've been on that mission on that journey for the last you know several decades now with that f- Simple focus in mind, very powerful. I need to learn. So what are the most successful people in this business doing day in, day out, week in, week out, month in, month out, quarter in, quarter out, year in, year out? And what can I start doing? Develop those kind of skills. Like Tiger Woods hits a club until his hands bleed, great. How do I do that with the market? <laughs> it's not a matter of research, because if it was just research, every analyst would be a billionaire. There's other elements involved. And I'm going to keep it very, you know, brief. I'm not going to go too deep here because I want to make sure I can get the message across that needs to get, get across. But it, there's a routine, a habit. People are creatures of habits. We all have them. Some habits serve us. Some habits don't serve us. Okay. I want to find habits that serve me, especially when it comes to the market, and my business. Okay, great. So what I've noticed, and and I've been doing this now for decades, studying successful people in this business, is that just about every successful person does a few things. Number one, they respect risk. The best traders, the best investors out there tend to be the best risk managers. Not always, but again, they tend to be very, very careful when it comes to risk. One. Two, they have a routine or a way of taking all of the market information that's out there, filtering out all the noise or the things that don't matter for, to them and laser focusing like a hawk or like an eagle, just laser focused on the information that matters to their decision-making process. Next, they have rules that get protect them, that get them into a stock, that get them out of a stock, and that tell them how much they should risk on any given idea. Next, again, what I'm giving you here is not a full list, there's more, but I cover a lot of this in the book, but I'm just giving you some highlights here. Next, they have a way of taking the information from the market and then putting it, basically coming out with some kind of a way to make it useful for them. And everybody's different. So in the book, I say there's a million, infinite, not a million, there's an infinite number of ways to make money in the market. Your job is to find one that works for you. Because just because somebody is a really good fundamental you know, value investor doesn't mean that works for every single human on the planet. Someone a really good technical trader might not be good for every human on the planet. Somebody's really good, at, you get the point? So find what works for you. That self discovery is priceless. I can tell you for me how I use all of this stuff. Is I don't make decisions during the day. Very rarely do I if if ever I make I do my work on the weekends and at night when the markets are closed and I plan ahead just like Ben Franklin taught us failing to prepare is preparing to fail say it again you either prepare to win or you prepare to earn, or you don't and if you don't prepare to win you're by definition you're preparing to lose my kids are still young they have school they have a test okay did you study for the test no well how are you gonna possibly pass it if you're not preparing to win by studying for your test you're preparing to lose That's it. you study no okay get ready to lose get ready to fail that test you're gonna bomb it same thing in the market so my preparation is the work, my weekend work. and I do my work on the weekends and share it and share my thoughts with people. So that helps me take all the information, distill what matters to me, take out the information that matters, and leave everything else. And then focus on the important things that move the needle. Then I find stocks, I like leading stocks. That's my thing, I like to find leadership. Just pure percent change, strongest performing stocks in the market. Why? Because I want stocks to go up after I buy them. Remember, a stock can only go do th- three things after you buy it. Go up, it can go down or it can go sideways. That's it. Super simple, super powerful. So b- buying stocks that are just up doesn't necessarily work because it have overhead resistance, lots of other considerations. But when I can focus on leading stocks in the market, and then buy them at the right time, breaking out of bases or coming up off of support or early entry points or whatever the case may be, that greatly increases the odds of success. Just like my kids, again, here, they've got a, my son, he's got a uh, multiple choice question. Seven years old, second grade. Okay, great. Hey, five plus five, I'm exaggerating here, we're just creating this question. Five plus five is 10, right? But the question says five plus five and it gives you four answers. One, two, three, and 10. Well, you know 1, 2, and 3 are physically not possible because 5 plus 5 is higher than 5. So okay, the answer must be 10. Eliminate the noise. That is so incredibly powerful. I'm not buying stocks that are making 52 week lows. Just not even something I'm considering. It doesn't work for me. Someone else can do it, God bless them. For me, that doesn't work. I want stocks near new highs, at new highs, all-time highs, off of support, so on and so forth. Coming out of bases, in bases, it's clear, clear areas that I can see and use for entries and exits. And then plan ahead. But that, that's what that's my process. That works for me. I can identify my risk. I can identify my entries. And when there's nothing to do, there's nothing to do. I don't force it. I've learned the hard way over trading and forcing a trade imposing my will on the market. is just a losing trade. It's a losing proposition. So create a system that works for you. That's what I can share because that's what all the successful, just about every successful investor that I've ever studied, I've ever met, I've ever read, I've ever interacted with, has an approach, has a process. And I help people create that process. It's really powerful. And I, that transformation on the other side is just, it, it's fantastic. Gary's process is fantastic. And I learned a lot of this, if not all of this stuff. I give Gary the credit. Absolutely fantastic. I started listening to him on radio, AM radio, way back when, when I was in college. I was like, "Wow, this guy gets it," and I was hooked ever since. <laughs> so the guy gets it. His process. He's on it, and what works for him, great. Convictionleaders.com. Great, right, go take a free trial, check it out. It's great. So we're in a situation where it's really it's important to do those mental setups, create a process for yourself that works, that you can apply, and then the consistency of it. That's key. We're do it week in, week out, daily, whatever your process or your time frame is, up to you. But do those mental sit ups because over time it'll make you a better trader, it'll make you a better investor, it'll make you so on and so forth. It'll help you get in that state of flow I spoke about earlier, that rhythm with the market, getting in sync with the market. The more you interact with it and the more you study it objectively and humbly, the more you'll start seeing, recognizing these patterns. You see, in life, you've got any aspect of life, you're going to have patterns. Not every pattern works. In fact, most patterns don't work, and that's okay. Just like most trades don't work. That's okay. Headed baseball. The best baseball players in the world hit three out of ten, more or less. And that's great. Not even okay. <laughs> they also happen to be the biggest strikeouts. The ones that hit the home run kings or tend to be the highest you know, strikeout people as well. And that's okay. As long as when you're wrong, you lose one. When you strike out, you lose one, right? When you get a grand slam, you can win four. So, Put everything together and figure out an approach that works for you. I hope that's helpful. Up next, we've got a lot more to cover. I'm Adam Sarhan, and this is the one and only Investor's Edge.
1: What are you waiting for? One, two, ready, go. Action! Investor's Edge with
2: Gary Coulpe. And welcome once again to Investor's Edge. In case you're just joining us or missed any part of the show, you can go to GaryK.com, rewind, fast forward, pause at your leisure. I know I do speak uh, fast. I do want to address that because I have so much to say and so little time to say it. So again, if you miss anything, you can go to GaryK.com and rewind, fast forward at your convenience. So we spoke about a lot today, spoke about expectations. The Fed yesterday with inflation spoke about coming up with a process, spoke about a lot more, we've got a few minutes left, so I don't want to recap everything we've covered, but I want to share some more stuff with you. So stocks, sectors, indices, when you put all this together, it's important to come away with an approach that you can consistently apply. So for me, it's just leadership. And again, the approach that you create and here, this is important, can be simple. In fact, I argue 9 out of 10 times, it should be simple. Not even argue, that's just my belief. There's a certain genius in simplicity. Remember, a stock can only do three things after you buy it, up, down, or sideways. That's simple. The best things in the world are simple. Google.com, there's nothing on the page except for a search bar. That's Simple. Now, I'm not saying simple is dumb or stupid or any other word you want. No, it's the exact opposite. There's a certain elegance, a certain genius in simplicity. People's minds, the survival side of the minds that we spoke about, people's minds are programmed to survive, not to thrive. The reptile brain or whatever word you want to use, unconscious mind, wants to overcomplicate things. Oh, it can't be that simple. I need to go ahead and, you know, blah, 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 Exact opposite. The most successful people out there have a very simple and very powerful approach. And I recommend, strongly urge, or any word you want to use, everyone listening to do the same thing when they come up with theirs. You want to come up with a complicated one and it works for you? God bless you. Do it. But just start simple. If you can do it simple, then you, you can if you want to keep going by all means, but you don't have to complicate it. These Even, with, you know, you look at these algorithms or fancy things and all this kind of stuff. They're based on simple principles. Sure, the algorithm itself can be complicated and whatever, but it's based on simple principles. Attention, likes, behavior, simple concepts. So, with trading, with investing, when I look at the market, my process, because people ask me all the time, Adam, what do you do? What's your process? Here you go. I don't care about 99% of the things that are happening in the market. In fact, there's the 80 20 rule, the palatable principle thing, where 80% of the things that you do don't matter, 20% really moves the needle. I take it a little bit further. I talk about this in the book. I go 99 1. 99% of the things that I do on a given day, this is just me, really don't matter. The 1% I do moves the needle in a very big way. If you're into math and you want to go deeper into this or Google it, there's something called a normal distribution, which is a bell curve. Think of the kids in the school, like some kids get A's, some kids get B's, most get C's, some get D's, some get F's. Okay, that's a normal distribution. Then there's a power law distribution. That's my world. Where, think of the population of cities. There's hundreds of cities in the country, if not thousands of cities. Okay, great. They vary in size. And population, New York City, Chicago, Miami, you know, L.A., Seattle, San Francisco have a much higher population than a small city in the middle of nowhere. So if our job, they are hire you to become, you know, build a water solution uh, treatment plant for the average city or a police station for the average city, take the average population of all the cities in the country might be, I don't know, I'm just going to throw out a number here, you know, a million people. Well, that's not going to work for a city that has 20 million, and it's not going to work for a city that has 200,000. So that's a power law distribution. So the average number of city, of population in population, all the cities in America, doesn't. It's not. A, it's not really a good representation because it's it's concentrated in a small cluster of cities that have just huge, ginormous populations. So the power law in business, it's the same thing. So think of like uh, the online video games, Roblox, RBLX. Okay, or Candy Crush. You know, they have the power law distribution versus a McDonald's, which tends to have a normal distribution. The average customer goes into McDonald's isn't gonna spend ten thousand dollars. They're gonna buy hamburger, cheeseburger, maybe four or five of those meals. Okay, great, or four or five people are with them, maybe ten people are with them, a party of twenty, birthday party, whatever, that's fine. But you're not gonna have somebody go in there and spend a million dollars at McDonald's. Most likely at least it's not gonna happen. Game like Roblox or Candy Crush or those kind of business models. Those are built by definition for the super user. You're going to have, I think it's 90% or 95% of the users aren't or can be free or can barely spend any money. And five or six, or maybe let's just say simple math, 90, 10, 10% of the users spend the bulk of the money. And that's okay. That works for that business model. That's the power law distribution in action. So for me, I'm looking for the power law when it comes to my stocks. I wanna find the strongest stocks in the market, strongest sectors at any given time. And that changes. Sometimes semiconductors are leading like right now. Sometimes you have biotechs lead like back in 2014 and 15 and ebbs and flows, ebbs and flows. But my goal, Laserhawk focus on leadership and be agnostic. Go in there with no biases. Hey, whatever's leading, that's great. Let's get aligned with the leadership, stay in harmony instead of the word harmony, I have to play on that, it's called harmony with the market. And when those areas stop working, they stop leading, some other area leads, great, I'll move to that area. But stay focused in leadership and understand pullbacks are normal and most of the time, healthy. Now, in the the pullback, like we could be in now, yeah, sure, it's bumpy, sure, it feels bad, sure, 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 it's painful, if you're staring at every single tick. But if you have your stops and you respect risk and you know where you're going to enter, you know where you can exit before the week even starts, then, hey, it's another one of those. And in hindsight, most pullbacks offer another chance to get in. I was interviewed on Fox Business years ago. Liz Klayman asked me, he goes, Adam, you have a great way of buying pullbacks or buying the dip. You don't buy the dip. I said, no, I don't. She goes, what do you do? I said, I buy the bounce after the dip. I welcome these pullbacks. In my early days, I was scared of them. I was like, oh no, the market's going to pull back. I'm going to lose some money. Now, <laughs> after gone through decades of these pullbacks, and most of the time those pullbacks are short-lived and they resolve themselves and go higher, guess what? I embrace it with two arms, especially in uptrends like we're in now. So, take everything, put it together. Hopefully this has been helpful for you. Thank you everybody for being here. This is the one and only Investor's Edge.
1: This has been Investor's Edge with Gary Kultbom on BizTalk. To listen to past episodes or to get in contact with Gary, go to GaryK.com. That's GaryK.com.